Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi guys, and welcome to Unit Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. I am a licensed therapist that lives and works and breathes in Nashville. And before we get going... Quick disclaimer, yes, I just said I'm a therapist. This podcast can't and doesn't serve as therapy, but I do hope that it helps you live deeper in whatever parts of your life you are wanting to live deeper in, and who knows, it might encourage you to go to therapy or talk about something new or specific in therapy if you're currently already in it. So this week is a special week because it is NIDA week, and NIDA week is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And this week is special and near and dear to my heart because I actually specialize in eating disorders. It is what I've done the most postgraduate training in. And for a large part of my career, it was basically all, all I worked with. And I love awareness weeks, not because I love eating disorders, because I don't love them. I do love talking about them because when we talk about them, it helps to reduce the stigma. And when we can help reduce the stigma, more people can get more help. So... Today's episode is not going to be about eating disorders, but I did want to mention that because Wednesday's Couch Talks will be about eating disorders, body image, exercise addiction. I'll be doing a QA and a based on questions that you have about all those things. So look out for that. And that episode will also end up linking some older episodes that I've done on eating disorders, body image, exercise addiction. So you can revisit those this week because what better week? Or maybe you want to share them with friends or family or you know, some random person you met on the street. And I do want to say, even though we're not, this is not what the episode this week is on. I do want to say that um, I think there's this misconception about eating disorders out there. And and maybe you don't feel this because you're somebody who's like been really engaged in the content that I've been putting out over the past couple of years about them, or maybe you found your own journey in that. But I, I think that there's a misconception that eating disorders are... Um, 
like vain or just about looks or and all of that and what I don't think people realize is that eating disorders are really 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 scary and dangerous and a lot of times they have nothing to do with what people look like so you know we we talk about things like the opioid epidemic and you know I've been hot on the show and book dope sick lately which I'm still working on doing some content talking about that because oh my god if you haven't watched it you I highly recommend watching it although trigger warning because it's hard to watch but you know we talk about that what we don't talk about is like the eating disorder epidemic because surprisingly to a lot of people eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental health disorder like over opioid addiction even so it's pretty serious and um, that's one of the reasons I will never stop talking about them so look out for that episode on Wednesday and uh, let's talk about this week's episode shall we today I have an awesome episode for you guys I'm very excited about it I'm excited to put this out so you guys can hear it because I lift this conversation already although this is probably one that I will actually listen to again my guest's name is Scott Erickson and he is so great I literally met him right before we started recording, so I didn't know him or have any rapport with him at all. He was one of those people who was just so easy to talk to and one of those people that just make it easy to be comfortable. Scott is a painter, a performing artist, and an author, and he recently came out with this amazing book called Say Yes. I'm going to link that for y'all. Highly recommend this book. But we got to chat about this book and, and the passion and the, and the reasoning for writing it. And I got to ask him all my burning questions that I had um, after I read, at least, well, I had only read half the book at this point, but I already had so many questions for him. Also, I want to give a little disclaimer. You will hear some, at some points, alarming noises. And we talk about it, but Scott had his toddler with him because you know, life. So you might hear like a screaming in the background at one point and he mentioned it's not a ghost, it's a child. So do, do not be alarmed if you hear a strange sound, but I was grateful that with the chaos of life, Scott made time and made an effort to have this conversation with me. So if you want to find him, I'm going to link all the ways to find him in the notes, but I want to also shout out his Instagram. It's at Scott the Painter. Uh, he has an awesome page and it's full of um, illustrations and they're really cool. So this conversation has been very important to me and it was so helpful for me and I hope it resonates for you in some way as well. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Scott. Okay, guys, I have with me, I'm going to go ahead and call you a new friend, even though I met you two seconds ago. <laughs> I love it. Let's be, we're new friends. Yeah, we're yeah, new it's, friends. Meant, it's meant to be. I have um, a new friend, Scott Erickson, who is like kind of a jack of all trades. Like I kind of want to call you that. How does that feel? Uh, I, I would like to keep Scott of all trades, but yeah. Oh, I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. So dad, husband, human, mm-hmm. you were a teacher at one point. You're an artist. You're a performer. You're an author. So all of the things. Yeah. Isn't it weird to hear that back? Oh, yeah. Because when you live in your own life, it's it just feels very humble and, yeah. you know, kind of mundane. But yes. Well, I tell people I'm a professional artist and then they look at me with a quizzical look and I go, I'm I do a lot of little things to make something. So I do a number of things yeah. to make a little something. So, yes. When you listed all those things, it's like, oh, yeah, those have been small accumulations of working on different projects throughout the years but yeah it's that great no i yeah. i i love the i love the variety yeah. for sure 
I was just telling Scott before we hit record that a lot of times I uh, think of my listeners and how I can help. This sounds so bad, but how I can help people with the conversations that I'm bringing to you guys. But I was reading your new book, Say Yes, and it is one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it's very good. And yes. I don't really like to read. I really don't. <laughs> so, that's that's a great caveat. And I was reading it and I literally have like, I don't know if I can even show you this, but I have bad handwriting, so you probably can't read it. But like, I have all this writing in it. And this like, I wrote down like, I feel this is like what I yeah. like. I'm just relating to so much of it. And uh-huh. there's some of it, some things that I want to talk about specifically in your book. But before we go into that and before I become very selfish, can you talk about like, just what made you even want to write this book? Well, it started, <laughs> if you hear noises in the background, it's a toddler, not a ghost. <laughs> there might be some sighs and stuff. Well, I had an experience that something happened to me, meaning I put my kids to bed one night and I walked out of their bedroom and I noticed I was crying, not because we had had like a magical bedtime story time together. It just, something was happening to me and I couldn't stop myself from crying. And I made my way to our only bathroom, this little bathroom in our house. And I just, I sat on the toilet and I just wept and wept for like an hour. Like my wife found me. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, do you want to talk about it? And, and I responded, my tears are me talking about it. Like, I, I don't know what's happening to me. And with some time and reflection, I realized what was going on is that there was a dream dying in me that somehow I'd had this dream for a long time and somehow physiologically and psychologically, my body knew that it wasn't going to come true. And so I was, it was grieving the loss and death of a dream. And my dream was very specific. And I guess, you know, the book takes some time at the beginning to go, what's a, a dream is like a cherished desire is what the, what the definition of it is. And, and I had some idea of what I wanted my life to look like or where I wanted to be. For me, actually, I was like, oh, I started figuring out who I wanted to be in the world. And it took me like, hopefully, hopefully this is half my life, but it took me like half my life, you know, up until now to figure that out. And I feel like I've just been like, uh, you know, falling down some stairs my whole life into present day. And I, and I had like this, I wish I would, I wish I knew cause I would have gone back in time or I would have done things differently. And I was like grieving the loss of that. I was starting to figure out who I wanted to be in the world. And I felt far from that. And the question in that moment was, well, I guess I start now. And I had this overwhelming like voice inside of me that was like, nobody, you know, it was just like keeping me from thinking mm-hmm. about doing that. So I had to develop these kind of counter arguments, these counter practices, pivots to like the voice of giving up inside of me. And I found that they really work and I still do them every day. They're kind of a way of a practice of living mm-hmm. um, to help me keep going towards the things that I deeply desire. I, I believe that the difference between a dream and a desire is, I would say a desire is this like deep, deep, invitation that you have about the path you'd like to walk in your life. And I know we're getting a little semantic-y here. What I started to understand is like a dream is a version of your life that has no vulnerabilities. Whenever you've imagined a dream scenario, you've never imagined the weaknesses or limitations that you would have in that scenario. You've always imagined it that it'd be perfect. It's an image of perfection. And so a dream has to die because 
there's this false idea of how you can be in the world. But underlying that is this deep desire. Like you have a dream for a specific thing because there's something in you that's leading you forward. And, and like even this, like vulnerability isn't necessarily your weaknesses or limitations. It's your relationship with them. How do you feel about having weaknesses and limitations? Like I'm, I'm a professional artist and speaker and author and stuff, but I have children and there are, you know, limitations and, and weaknesses and vulnerabilities I experience by trying, you know, trying to do everything perfect or accomplish everything. It's like, I just have to learn to deal with it because this is, this is the life that I I'm, I'm offered. And so I knew I wanted to progress in something that I wanted to do, but I had to start where I was 40 doing it. I'm a part of a family dynamic and that's going to cause a certain kind of restrictions or just, I think there's a gift of children for sure. I would get more accomplished if I didn't have kids, but like, I would say the gift of having kids for me has been like, I have to get really specific on like just the few things I can do. And that is a real tremendous gift because often we can get overwhelmed by all the possible choices and we don't know where to start. And I only have like a little amount of time. And so I have to constantly practice about like, what's the deepest thing in me that I really want to do and everything else just kind of let it, let it go, you know, Elsa frozen yeah. stuff. <laughs> Anyways, the, I started practicing this stuff and, you know, when you make content for a living, I was like, this really works. I should monetize this. And then I was like, don't be a jerk. Make sure it works. And so I did. I, I did. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did for a couple of years and I, and I found this stuff really worked for me. And then I started, I felt the muse tell me to start talking about it. I started talking about it just like in some talks and stuff. And then I talked about some of this content at a, uh, or this, these things at a arts conference in Boise, Idaho, and it went over really well. But then um, that was the day we all found out Anthony Bourdain killed himself, a celebrity chef, Anthony Bourdain. And look, Anthony Bourdain uh, was a complicated guy and I don't necessarily want his career, but he represented what I think a lot of us makers want, which is like, we're unabashedly ourselves. And that brings about some success and opportunities and, and I know it's more complicated than this, but for him to say, I don't even want to be in my own life really confronted something in me, which was like, what do you think all of this success or whatever is going to, what lack do yeah. you think it's going to fill? Oh, I wrote this down that I was like, I definitely want to talk about this where I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but there's a part in your book where you said, we are told that desires point to something that we lack. The solution for the desire has been put on the thing be that whatever thing it is success and your career whatever but we yeah. know this doesn't work because when we get that thing we still feel the lack yeah so that's what you're talking about literally right mm -hmm. now it's like we can go yeah. and, and oh my gosh i feel like i mean i do this all the time we go after all this stuff stuff literally stuff and then we get the stuff and it's either like oh there's more stuff i want or like mm -hmm. that stuff i don't actually want the stuff yeah and then you you said later I think it was in that same part of, of your book where you said when we're talking about like our dreams, which then essentially lead to our desires, that what we can really have, we're talking about attaining attunement to our lives yeah, rather than mm -hmm. just like the stuff. We want attunement yeah. to our lives. So yeah. I want to talk about that because that to me, I sat there and I thought about it for like probably 15 minutes before I kept reading. Yeah, I, I think that when we talk about our dreams, we're not necessarily talking about a thing or an object or like a place to be like a destination vacation. I think what we're speaking about is we're speaking about, we want to be the kind of person that can get that object, have that thing, go to that destination. 
And when I, I yeah, I give three images because I'm an image, I think about images and I'm an image maker. So the three images I gave for dream, one of them was a tuning fork. And it was saying like, when we imagine a dream scenario, what we're saying is we'd like everything that we have to be uh, in harmony, like a symphony, like a symphony. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one was a feeling suit. Like we want to feel good in our own skin. And then the other one was like a vehicle of destiny, meaning like we want to feel like our life is headed somewhere. Like we have some kind of destination we're headed towards. Those can't be associated with an object. Mm -mm. Although we try so much, you know, like we've all met people way more obsessed with their cars than maybe they should yeah. be. Or I talk a little bit about it. Like I've had the weird experience of like a book coming out and then you're like depressed about it. And that's a real common thing for authors is like, and musicians, it's album day blues, book release day blues. Like you're excited, but there's a bit of it where it's like, this didn't do everything I hoped it would. <laughs> Not necessarily in the world, but just like, I hope this would have like completed me and it yeah. didn't. <laughs> because what submit is that it's never gonna be about the finished goal or object. It's going to be about the experience of being alive while you're working on something or contributing or saying yes to your life or, mm -hmm. you know, enjoying existence. And this is what with Anthony Bourdain, I was like, like, I'm still a driven person. Like I still want to accomplish things and do things in the world. I very clearly from his suicide, cause I've, I've had conversations with suicide and depression. And I know that to be a, a really hard conversation, but like, I was like, it's not going to fill you either. So if you want to get to like where he gets, let's just, I'm just, I don't say this in the book, but like, if you're trying to get to where he gets in your own way and you don't want to kill yourself when you get there, you have to come up with some other different groundwork, foundation, practices, expectations, narratives you tell yourself, ways that you enjoy your life. That's kind of where this talk show and now a book is dealing about all those things. And then in that, I think that's a real spiritual conversation because it's like, it can be, you could be like, great, I want to do all these things, but also like, am I alone in the world? Like is providence, is benevolence working alongside me? Is it all up to me? And I give some stories in there about like people who like JJ, I have this, I heard this podcast interview with JJ Abrams and the interviewee was like, now that you've done a Star Wars film, do you feel different? And JJ Abrams, who's a very successful producer, director, writer is just like, I've never felt different because of any of my accomplishments. He's like, no, nothing ever made me feel different, but I learned to enjoy the act of making it. And that's my greatest joy in that. Okay. I like this because what you're talking about is like switching literally your mindset from like focusing on, like you still have goals. Like we'll, we'll yeah. make that so the goals, but we're yeah. switching our mindset from like the attainment of that goal is the end all be all to the experience of who you become as you're attempting to attain that goal. Yes. And and I over and over and over and over again have conversations in my office as a therapist with so many people ages from literally 18 people are saying this which I blows my mind to like yeah. in their 60s where they have this dream uh -huh. in their head of like this is what I want my life to look like and then their I guess I don't and correct me if I'm wrong if this wording fits like their desires are really like these different career paths that they wish they would have taken or all of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And over and over, I hear people say like, it's either too late for me to do that 
Yeah. Or I don't think I can. Like, yeah. I don't think I can do that. Or what makes me think that I could do that? And and I get the feedback because what I am is a, I call myself a dreamer. I have a lot of ideas mm-hmm. in my head of things that I want to mm-hmm. do. So many. And I try a lot of them. And I think people, they see me trying different things and they think, well, and I had this question asked to me before, how do you go and just do that? How did you just get the courage to start that career, open that or start a podcast, not knowing how to even like work a computer? How are you able to do that? And there's two things that I think about, and this book has made me reframe some of this. I love what you're saying. I totally, I hear, I hear this a lot too. And I've said a lot of these things too. Well, I used to answer that of like, oh, I just don't, this is me being vulnerable because it's true. I used to say like, well, I don't really think about the outcome. Like I just try things to try things and I'm not tied to yes. success. And I do believe that. Like I'm not, I, of course I want things to go well, but when things don't go well, I'm not, t- I'm not afraid of rejection the way I used to be. But yeah. now I'm also, <laughs> as I was reading this, I was like, hmm, maybe there's another side to this that like people are only asking me about the things that they see me trying. People aren't asking me about the things that I'm scared to try. Mm, because I have those there's so many things there are so many things in my head that I'm like I could do so I relate to a lot of what I used to not think I related to and you talk in the book about the voice of giving up I give up before I try sometimes does that make sense like I have a thought in my head Mm -hmm. a thing I want and before I even try it and then maybe fail I just give up on it because I also say those same things yeah so I try things, but I keep myself in a box too of things that I like either wouldn't care about if I failed because like, I don't know. I don't want to say they don't mean that much because some of them do or that I know that I could like somewhat gain what I'm looking for. And so I say all of this is a very, very long winded way to say like, I want to work on personally filtering through that, that voice of giving up that you talk about and Figuring out if that voice is really trying to, oh my gosh, I loved when you talked about fear because I'm all on board with it. Is that voice really trying to keep me safe or is that voice trying to keep me from feeling vulnerability and shame or whatever, sadness? I guess my question is how do I differentiate between the fear being trying to, this is going to kill you and this is just going to make you feel uncomfortable? Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use 
our code you need at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off and let them know that we sent you you need therapy after you check out. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Going back a little bit, we have lots of thoughts <laughs> all the time about th- lots of things. Yeah. Like we live in a, a marketplace society. We're constantly inundated with images of like, look at these people, look at these lives, look at what these people are doing. And so we see all that stuff. What impacts us the most is people that have lives that resonate with us, that call out to a thing in us. I think, I don't know if you got to the expanders part, this idea of expanders, people who go, oh, that's a possibility of life that really resonates with. So there is a bit of discernment that needs to happen, which is like, you know, you have to get to the why behind the thing, behind the thing, which is like, you see a house, you know, I love to live in that house. It's like, well, why, what would that do for you? Would that solve your misery? <laughs> would that would that change the trauma of how your parents treated you when you're a kid? Like the thing is never the thing. It's always about something underneath there because you could live in a really modest, simple home and deeply love it and never want anything else. But if you think like a big house is gonna do all the things, it's like, why, what's there? Because there are plenty of people in big houses who are miserable. There are plenty of people who've taken their own lives in their big houses. The big houses doesn't solve that. What is the thing behind the thing behind the thing that we got to get to? So there's, there's that kind of thing, which is like, you have a lot of thoughts. You really need to take the time to filter and to be like, well, where are these coming from? And like, what, what is the thing I really want? What is the emotion or the feeling that I think that thing will give me? But what I'm pointing to about, and we'll get to fear in a second is about the desire is like, there are some things that you want to do in your life. You, you really have to ask, and it's the hardest question ever. And it doesn't get answered in a day. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a year, but is what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I think that that path of desire that's been put in you to walk is a divine path, but it's one that you have to really discern. And the way that I most easily access that is I reverse engineer my life by going, I'm going to die at any moment, but hopefully, you know, a few more decades. 
if we look, and I, I use this uh, woman, Bronnie Ware, who wrote this blog post, The Five Regrets of the Dying, and she was a hospice care worker for nine years and helped 200 people pass with dignity. But she said, people have the same regrets when they die. They say the same thing. And those regrets, she lists them from five to one are, I wish I would have let myself be happier. I wish I would have stayed in touch with my friends. I wish I would have had the courage to express how I felt about my life. I wish I would have not worked so hard. And the number one thing is I wish I would have had the courage to be the person I knew I was instead of the person everybody else wanted me to be. That's the number one regret of people who are dying. According to Bronnie Ware, but what she's saying is like the thing I heard the most when human beings die. So you and me and everybody listening here, most likely the thing we'll say the most is I wish I would have had the courage to be the person I knew I was instead of the person everybody else wanted me to be. That's when you die. That's what you would have wished you would have done with your life. And so I think the path of desire is saying yes to that person. And you want the courage to be that person. And so you have to get in touch with that about like, what is the person you want to be? And I'm not saying that's an easy question. I think that's one that goes on. So there's the book is filled with tools about how to kind of get in touch with that. But I would say, so then how do we enter into that? Well, one in my first pivot is I'm on my way, right? And I'm on my way in the face of nothing's going to change or I'm never going to be. I'm on my way is a graceful way of saying I'm in a, I need to expand my timeline of how I think I'm going to get there and when I'm going to get there. You're not going to get there in six months, but if you gave yourself six years, you might make some progress, you know? And then on my, I'm on my way also means like everything's a learned skill. Yeah. I don't know how to podcast. Well, you can learn. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of videos. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Other people have done it. It's possible. But then when you get into it, you want a podcast, the harder thing is, well, what are you going to talk about? What do you care about? What do you want to be a contribution in? And so like the second practice is I'm a contribution. How can I be a contribution? And then that's really tapping into your gratitude, what you love and why being a conduit of something, being a convergence of like your own experiences and stuff like that. So these are the ways that we like begin to build on like how to be a contribution. We expand the timeline. We use ourselves as the juxtaposition of a lot of things and we, and then we can like offer something interesting. And the, so yes, it's in that moment talking to you in your room and being like, I can't, it's like, okay, in this moment, it feels impossible, but let's, Let's give ourselves a longer timeline. Let's get in touch with like what we really want to do. I don't know what I want to do. Okay, well, let's start looking at the people you really resonate with and asking why. For me, I was like, so my big conclusion that I came to was like, oh, I think I'm a lot more of a performing artist than I am just a studio artist. I'm an illustrator and a painter, but I deeply resonate with like these storytellers and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I want to be that. That's what I've been wanting to do. And I haven't given myself permission until now and I'm 40 and it feels like I'm too far behind, but I looked around and I found there's lots of people who started to do amazing things in their forties. Rodney Dangerfield became a comedian in his forties. Like he didn't start doing it until then. Anyways, there's lots of people who've done things later on. So I just started saying, okay, well, I want to start doing this stuff. And look, I for sure did shows in front of five people <laughs> in front of four people in their living yeah. room well i think that's important for you to say because i am sitting here thinking 
as you're speaking about like even the idea of like we can keep on the track of like starting a podcast it's like well in that moment when I first had the thought and the mm-hmm. I was like ah oh, this is something well I don't know how to do it I really don't and if I put one on the internet nobody would listen to it we have these thoughts and we're like okay well if I want to be a public speaker then I need to, to be tomorrow I need to be able to be successful in it versus you're saying like no you can do those things but we're talking about the experience of doing them and getting there versus tomorrow you're just going to have it who would you become in the process of, of doing, doing that yes That's, yeah that is the infinitely greater drive and maybe i i think i do talk about this in the book i was just with some artist friends last night and i was like this happens to me all the time because i make stuff people are like hey we're doing this non we're doing this fundraiser do you have any art laying around and i'm like i have nothing laying around <laughs> yeah. because once something's done i don't want to keep it I'm not like artists aren't like, gosh, I want to make all this stuff and then hoard it in my house. No, it's the process of making it, which is the joy. And then when you're done, you're like, now it's going somewhere. I don't want it. Film directors, they get done with a film and they're like immediately the next day onto the next film they're making. They just have to show up for the red carpet opening, but they've already, they've already moved on because it's not about the finished and then be like, does everybody love me? I mean, we could get into a conversation about fame and celebrity. And a lot of people are like, I just want to be famous. It's like, really, it's just like, I just want to be loved or I don't want to feel like I'm not seen in a universe of so many things. And I feel empty. That's a, that's, and we had to talk about those things, but being on a camera won't fill that up for you. That's the thing being all the likes in the world won't fill that for you. That is an internal Like we have to come to terms with, we were given the miracle of our existence and you could see it as a curse or you could see it as a gift. And when you start saying yes to it as a gift, then it's like, well, what journey do you want to go on with this gift? What would you like to explore? What would you like to learn? Like the way that I think about being an artist is like, what transformational journey do I want to go on? And that is something that I have to do. And then my artwork from that is the artifacts of that journey that I went on. So yeah, podcasting, it's like, it's like, I want to have a well listened to podcast. Why? Because then I'll feel special. I don't know. But it's like podcasting. What kind of conversations do you want to have? What kind of things do you want to explore? There's all kinds of things you can do on a podcast. You could, it could be like going and interviewing people like we're doing here. And then there's other people who are reporting on things. And there's other people who are like how to stuff. And then maybe you don't know how to, how to, but then you could go on the journey of learning how to, and then translating that. Like with my Instagram, I am an image maker. And often I'm just going, like I have quotes and stuff. I'm like, okay, how would I image that quote? And then I go through the process of doing that. And then I share it, you know, it's like, what's the journey you want to go on? That's your deepest desire is you want to go on because the, uh, the famous mythologist, Joseph Campbell, and I'm going to butcher his quote, but he said, I don't, he's like, I think people think what they want to know is what's the meaning of life. And he's like, I actually don't think that's what people really want to know. I think what people want is the rapturous experience of being alive. You want to be alive. You don't want to know why you're alive. <laughs> I mean, maybe if the answer was like, just because you are. But that like, doesn't okay. do anything. Having that answer doesn't do anything. But the life that you love the most, the moments of life is when you were 
being alive, when you were loving somebody, when you were enjoying something, when you were noticing something, when you tried hard and you failed. One of my favorite moments in my life is when my little league team lost the championship and I cried with these other boys because we had tried so hard and we were so heartbroken and it felt so sad to lose, but we, I don't know, but there was a moment, but we lost together and we just shared in that. Like people are less connected because of their accomplishments and more connected because of their pain. And (sighs) like, that was a moment. And so that's, I think this, this, like the, the deep existential question is below kind of just, I want to make a podcast. It's because that's not going to sustain you unless you're like, I'm in a transformational journey that I love to be on. Then you'll, you'll show up every day for it. Yeah. Cause what you're saying is going back to what you said about the book. It's like having like the re- release day blues. It's like when a podcast episode comes out, I usually want, I don't listen to it because I've already lived it. But (laughs) so like, I don't get anything out of that. Like it just is out into the world. But having a podcast to me is this, like sitting here, having a conversation with somebody I never would have met before, like getting access to a book that I don't know I would have had access to if I, if I hadn't met you in this way and been connected to certain people. And, and uh, that's the point of it. And me being challenged in like, how do I have interviews or how do I upload audio? Like that's the experience. And that's the point for me. And I think I've learned that through experiencing it. I don't know if that's why I started it in the first place. It probably was more aligned to what you're saying. Yeah, It it probably was if I had to really sit and think about it and be honest. And I think I'm now wondering like, why is it so hard? Because I've heard this in a certain language before, right? Like those things won't make you happy. Going to that school won't make you happy. Buying that house won't make you happy. Getting married at that age won't make you happy. Like I've heard that. Like, let's just say absolute happiness. Like it might be a myriad of things. Like we learned that from the movie Inside Out, like emotions come now all complex. Like releasing a book is exciting and relieving and depressing and kind of sad all at the same time. I remember when I was getting married on stage, I was like, this is amazing. And maybe this is a horrible decision. (laughs) Like and I felt those things at the same time as I'm reciting my vows, but I was like, Let's just let's do it. Don't bail now <laughs> because I was confronted with the fear of vulnerability and unknownness and not being in control. When we embark on something, there's so much that we're not in control of. And that's what fear is trying to keep us from is like, don't enter into the not being in control. Don't enter into the unknownness. Just stay in this, just stay inside, never go outside and just always control everything. And it's helpful to imagine yourself in a place like uh, when I started developing myself as a speaker, I would sit and think about me being on stage and the feeling of communicating to an audience. And I would allow myself to go, you deserve to be there too. Mm -hmm. We have to just come to terms with that. We're innately worthy. We don't have to earn worthiness. Now I have to learn how to develop a skill for that. And it can get better and better. And so I had to imagine my worthiness of being in that in that situation. So I it's helpful to imagine and set those goals, but it's it's limiting when you go, that's what it has to look like, or it's not successful. Because yeah. what happens in the journey of your life 
is the vulnerabilities you have, your certain weaknesses and limitations and who you are is going to uniquely affect the manifestation of that journey. You'll never be like the person you saw on that stage because you can't be them. You can only be you. So how you, and then we'll just take a stage or a podcast, how your podcast turns out, how your journey to becoming a performer turns out hasn't been seen yet. And you don't know what it's going to look like because you can only walk through your unique vulnerabilities into that situation. Does that make sense? So like having concrete outcomes can be limiting. It's helpful to go. I'd like to go there. And then how do you get there? And then you can learn how to get there. Like for me, I have a goal, which is I want to eventually do a show at the Fringe Festival, which is the largest theater comedy festival in the world in Edinburgh, Scotland. And I've set that as a goal for myself. And it's not that hard to like book shows there, but what is hard is developing a thing and then getting there. And, but I'm like, that sounds like an interesting journey to get on. I have no idea how it'll turn out. I don't even know if people will like me there. Lin-Manuel Miranda and his rap group early on in his career went and did stuff there and they got bad reviews. <laughs> like, oh, well, should, yeah. should he have not kept going? But it's for me, it's like, I want to go on a transformational journey. Yeah. Now you can't go on every transformational journey. So you have to get really specific about the ones that will, that like, and this is where the death practice happens. And when I say death practice of just spending some time realizing you're going to die and you're going to have to let go of the life you've been given, everything you've been given. And when you do that, it's like, if I thought about, I was, I only had like a year left to live. I just like, what, what I wanted to do the most, you know? And I know people are like, I want to travel and eat everything and stuff. And I get that, but it's like, yeah, but in like, how would you want to spend your time and like, what things would you, what was the last things you'd like to do? That helps me get in touch with like, here's what's in me the most. And then I can spend time doing that. And part of me is like, oh, well, why is it? How did we get to this place where like we have to imagine ourselves dying to then realize that we we deserve to go after certain things? I like kind of hate that. But at the same time, it to me, it's like working like currently. It's like, yeah, I'm also going to die. And I don't want to sit there, think, be thinking about I'm going to die. And I never let myself try this thing because as you were speaking, I was thinking about one of the thoughts that pops in my head when I think about things I want is I'll never be able to do it like them or I'll never be able to do it as good as them or all of that. And then I get flooded with, and you talked about this in the book, which I loved. So we've talked about it on the podcast before it's imposter syndrome. I'm Mm -hmm. like, who am I to think that I could have a podcast when look at how many podcasts there are that are very successful or who am I to think that I could talk on this subject because there's people that know it better than me. Yeah. And I would hate with every fiber of my being to be sitting somewhere thinking and knowing I'm about to die and have not tried to do some of those things. That is just like it in real time lighting a fire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. 
And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Every faith tradition has this practice in it, which is if you can die before you die, then you can really live. It means like, because there's a wisdom, there's a wisdom at death's door, mm -hmm. which puts everything in priorities. And it, it does this thing where like, if you've ever been in a car accident mm -hmm. or you had to be put under for a surgery, like I almost drowned one time surfing. And when I got out of the water, I wasn't like, man, I got to get better at surfing. I was like, I got to rethink my whole life because yeah. like what happened under the water was I came really close to the conversation with my eventual disappearance as the poet David White says, like I came really close to like, I was like, this is when I die. And, uh, and then I thankfully made it to the surface and got a breath of air before I blacked out. And what happens in that moment is like, you go, what's the most important thing about living? is that's what happens in that moment because it's like paper cuts it's death by paper cuts in our society which is like you're like this is what's so important and then it's like advertising 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 social media comparison 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 and then you're like yeah my butt should look better yeah you know? <laughs> like, Wait, okay that answers a question that i don't even know if i asked i think i asked it in my head but that answers the question of like why is it so hard for us because in this conversation it's not so hard for me to realize that each individual like thing that i might want or think i want isn't the thing that's going to create full satisfaction with my life it's the journey of who i become as I go towards the things that I desire or dream of. Yeah. It's easy for me to understand that in this conversation, but as soon as I close my computer and I turn, go outside, get in my car, turn on my radio, look at the billboards, whatever, I am flooded with things that are saying, get this, have this, do this. It'll make you happy. Totally. Totally. Gosh, if anything, I think like a main point of the book is like, what we know now from stats is like because of our phones and our technology and all of our stuff, it's making us miserable. It's been great to connect. I'm glad we're doing this right now. Yeah. But I, I'm like, we live in a more than any other human beings ever. We live in a massive culture of comparison. So we need defenses. We need pivots, practices, re-narrating our lives in the midst of all the narration that's coming at us. Because unless we're going to fight city 
<laughs> councils and be like, I don't want these billboards in our state anymore. We're not going to win that battle. So we're going to have to live with it or move away from it. So that's where I was like, I need practices to keep me going. And like, so in comparison, my pivot is I can be a contribution. I can be a contribution today. I'm every day. I feel like, Oh man, they're doing it. I'm not doing it. And then I just go, well, I can be a contribution. I can, how can I be a contribution today? And that brings me back to receiving the gift of my life and, and owning the like uniqueness of my, like who I am, and then being able to offer something in that. And, and, and then the, uh, with the, I'm on my way, giving myself a longer timeline, because often you're not seeing all the small steps that person took to get there, but it just depends on what thing you want to do. Like you have to come up with like the way that you want to walk in the world and then looking at others who have done that and then finding your own unique way. My wife is a really successful food blogger and her first cookbook comes out this year. Ooh. You know, my publisher is like, we'll get some Facebook ads and we'll do some podcasts and stuff. Her publisher is like, well, you're going to be on Good Morning America and you're going to be on Richard. <laughs> yeah. And it's like very different. Yeah. And she's worked really hard for 10 years mm -hmm. to get to where they're at now. And they might be like a, all of a sudden it might be like a huge explosion. People are like, oh my God, how did you do that? I could never do that. It's like, have you worked 10 years, years on something? If you work 10 years on something, you will get better. Yeah. That's that's it. Like even let's talk about painting. You know, people just think that painters like walk into their studios. I'm going to roll my eyes in the back of my head and then be like, <laughs> I made a painting. It just came through me. Oh my gosh. And it's like, no, 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 no. Often you don't know that like when I talk to young artists and they'll make something and I'll be like, I think you're onto something here. Do this painting four more times. And I think on the fifth time you'll get to something. Have you ever thought about making a, the same painting five times? No. And as, as a not a art, a artist in that way, I never thought about this. I thought, I thought that you did the thing that you just. So many great artists, <laughs> they'll have practice paintings before they did the paintings. You'll see practice sketches. Do I'm like going to work on a painting and I'm doing all I'm work using my iPad pro. Cause I have that technology. I'm doing like practice paintings before I do that painting. It's absurd to think like you just <laughs> would enter into your life without ever trying it out. It's like, you're going to start building on things. You're going to start trying, seeing what works, what doesn't work, what you like, what you don't like. And if you don't like that journey, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, that's the journey. So find the thing that you don't mind trying things out and stuff. Like it's not bad being a cook and trying like that didn't work. Well, you're still eating yummy food. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, it's all those things. Yeah. But I like, I heard that in a different way. I think you, you, I mean, you said it earlier, but when you said the I'm a contribution thing, especially for like, let's say there are people that want to start a food blog, like, and they're like, well, people have already done it. She's successful in this. What's the, it's like, but you can still be a contribution, even though you aren't seeing what this person is seeing from their work yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. There's a billion food blogs. There's so many. So it's not going to be like, I've posted something and then millions of people looked at it. No, but yeah. And this is laid out in contribution, which is gratitude, convergence, and conduit are the three areas of contribution. Practicing gratitude. If you make gratitude journals and lists of stuff you're grateful for, eventually you'd be like, well, is it just about making lists? And it's not, it's about learning to live in a state of gratitude. And I would say that a state of gratitude embodies this prayer, which is I will be given everything I need to accomplish what I've been asked to do. 
and in that is a bit of like mystical spiritual stuff like providence and benevolence will work with you because like you don't know what kind of cosmic strategies are starting to take place when you in your bed whisper at night i'd like my life to be meaningful i'd like to, i'd like to live a meaningful life is that did that just go into the void or did something hear it and begin to work things out you'd be surprised when you whisper what you really want how things work um but gratitude is going like maybe everything i need is already here the process is learning how to take all of those things and put it together. I use the metaphor of the show MacGyver, which you don't need to watch, but that was a show that I watched. And the, his whole thing was like, the whole show was like MacGyver would find himself in a situation and he'd be like bleach bottle, duct tape, hose, wheel. And then he'd make a helicopter and he'd get out <laughs> of a situation. But the show was based on the premise of like, everything we already need is here. How can I have eyes to see that? Maybe it's locked in a person. Here's the, some things we have to get over is like, sometimes we have to go, I don't have it, but maybe they do. Maybe I need to ask for help. Maybe I need to ask for partnership. Yeah. Oh, why is that vulnerable? Here we go. Living a life through your vulnerabilities, yeah. looking at the community around you. So there's like living from that state of gratitude, then convergence. It's like, you have to know a lot of things to do something in the world today. There was a time not too long ago, even just like 40 years where you could know one thing and build a career off that. Yeah. Like you, you're like, you're a psychologist. Is that what I'm you said? A, a therapist, but I relate hard to what you're about to say. A therapist, but you're also podcasting and doing all these things. So it feels like we're never going to become the master of anything. Yeah. And that's true because what we become the master of is how all of those things uniquely converge together. Mm. that's what we become the master of is our own unique convergence of all the things we do and we love. Like, so I have to be, I have to know a bit of stuff to run a website mm -hmm. and then make images and then be a speaker and write things and emails and all of that stuff. But what I become a master of is how my loves and my interests, my abilities uniquely come together in my stage show, in my art form, in those things. Wait, I love that. You just said that. I'm obsessed with that. Oh, it's so helpful. It changed my life when somebody, uh, I read it in this book by Jeff Goins. Uh, I don't think it's his original idea, but like it, he called it a portfolio life. But when that made so much sense to me because I was like, because I'm, I don't have a lot of examples about what I'm trying to do. I have certain people who represent things I'd like to do, but not the unique juxtaposition of all those things. Elizabeth Gilbert had a, a super soul. Love her. Yeah. So she had mm -hmm. this super soul conversation about the hummingbirds and the jackhammers. Have you heard of this? No, I, I haven't. Heard I, that I one. can't find it on the internet anymore. I feel like it got taken down, but I talked about it on an episode on here and it talked about how like there's these some, there's certain people that have this one deep passion or like mastery that they do this one thing expertish at and that's their thing. But then there's also all these people who do a little bit of a lot of things and that yeah. gets to be just as meaningful. And I feel that because I do not think I, I'm never going to be the smartest therapist or know the most about attachment theory or know the most about eating disorders or no, I'm not going to be that. But I know a lot about a lot of things. And then I know a lot about I can run a website or I can run a Instagram page or I can, I also teach fitness classes and I can, and all of those things come together to make something unique. And that gets to be worthy and valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you're on your way. You yes, can also, yeah. Learn, grow into the yeah. things you don't know as well. Yeah. But the last way of contribution is being open to being a conduit of, and this is, this is where it gets a bit more spiritual of just like uh, one of my 
favorite teachers is a Franciscan friar named Richard Rohr. And I got to a chance to be with a small group with him. And he's written like 20 something books, like a crazy amount. And somebody was like, how have you just written so many books? It's really crazy. And he, he said this, like, I have it on my wall right here. He said, when I realized I didn't need to be the creator of content, but the conduit of content, things became a lot easier. And this maybe is my own haunting as an artist, but like what I've learned as a creative is that, and, and Liz Gilbert speaks to this too, is that there's something that would like to come through me. Mostly I think love, which we could say God or, mm-hmm. you know, benevolence and all of that stuff. Love wants to come through me and it's looking for people to be that conduit. When you make yourself available for something to come into the world, you will be given gifts. You will be given what you need but you have to make yourself available to that. You have to say, I want yeah. to do this. If you keep saying no at prom, you'll never get to dance. You know, like you have to say yes to dancing to, in order to experience the joy of being a dancer or in that dance and stuff. So it's when we start saying yes to being like, I'm allowing myself to be a conduit of something that comes into the world. Then this is where this like whole other magic side of life happens, I really think. There's also, which we don't have time for this. I wish we did. There's also a whole conversation that popped into my head around humility with that idea. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And if we can't live with humility, then for me, if I can't, ha- if I can't access humility, I'm not going to try anything. I'm not yeah. really saying yes to anything unless I know for a fact how it's going to turn out in the end. So I wish we could get into that because that is like heavy in my brain right now. Yeah, but I th- yeah. I think with all of this, <laughs> there's not a way to wrap this conversation up because <laughs> I feel like it, I could go on for so much longer. But I think the the point of this is there's so much goodness and value in what you have created with this book. There really is, and oh, to me, you. it's like there's this book that you created. It's this thing, but what it's going to help people access and create is like far greater than the book, and. Great. And I'm, I hope so. I'm saying this from the person that I said earlier, I do not enjoy reading. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great compliment. I, I wanted to make something that felt like it wasn't a burden, but it was like a joy to go through. That's why there's a hundred illustrations. Oh, the and- pictures are, I, I mean, all, everything in there. I'm like, this feels good to me. I like good. really That's enjoyed great. it. And it, and it, it's something that I think it's going to help me and to help transform some of my thoughts. But I mean, the effect outside of that is going to be huge. And so I have a lot of gratitude for the part of your life that influenced this because mm. it wasn't oh, it wasn't an easy thing for you. And to be able to use that to create something like this is very meaningful to me. And yeah. I appreciate that a lot. This is a way of me saying you guys need to read this. <laughs> if you're enjoying this conversation, if there's things popping into your head and your heart that are like, oh, oh, like they are even for me right now, I fully encourage you to read this and and even read it alongside friends. I think it's something that I think would be yeah. very helpful. This would be a great like clearly I'm not like in a um, book club, but if you are. <laughs> hey, Oprah, like, let's just give this a shot. Yes, you know? Oprah this, book, I think club. It's a great, great book club. <laughs> yeah. So all that. Thank you. And thank you for this conversation yeah. and for your humanness in it. I always say I have a really hard time relating to people who don't show vulnerability because yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm like, like I want to see people's humanness and that's easy to see and feel talking yeah. to you. Even oh, through good. a screen. Well- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
We have lots of few minutes over here. Is there any way that it's easy for people to access this book or you that you want to shout out? Yeah, I'm Scott the Painter on all socials. And I surprisingly, I respond to everything. So uh, I'm most active on Instagram. So if you DM me there, I'll answer your questions. Uh, if you just type in Say Yes, Scott, you'll find this book. I'm also doing one last year of touring of the show. The show is a lot of this stuff, but in a different kind of format. It's very yeah. crowd oriented. And you were just in Franklin, Tennessee, weren't you? I was. You know what? Yeah. Um, I didn't say this earlier, but I already is that, are you in, is that I'm you in are? Nashville. Okay. So I, I'm going to come back. I'm okay. going to come back. Okay. Because I originally, when I was talking about scheduling and booking you, it was going to be in person because you were coming. Yeah. But oh, yes, I, that's right. Yeah. I forgot that I was going on a trip to Disney World with my nieces. And, and then in, I love that in your book, you talk about going to Disneyland with your yeah. kids. Yeah. And I kids. truly related so hard when you're like, if you've been to Disney World or Disneyland as an adult without kids, you'd have to go again. Because. Yeah. <laughs> seeing two little kids that I like yeah. know intimately at Disney World. I mean, I could cry thinking about it. It was the coolest experience. It's really fun. Like magical. It's really fun. It really is. It is. Yeah, because it's like them meeting their friends yeah. because they've been given video after movie after thing. And then all of a sudden it's like they're going over to their friend's house. I mean, and, and yeah. it's a roller coaster and a parade and it, it's the greatest amusement park there is yeah. they do such a good job with it it can be overwhelming and yeah inexpensive very <laughs> expensive yeah, yeah but i think if you just appreciate like just me and my friends who also have kids but we just as artists we're always like it's so immersive it's unbelievable mm -hmm. how good of a job they do of making it immersive yeah like I have gone, look, and it's probably a little bit of privilege, but I've definitely gone for like four or five days in a row, it's, which is tremendously too long. Like day four, you're like, yeah, I need rea I need reality. Yeah, but if you can go over like a day or two, it's a wonderful experience yeah. and so much fun. And there's songs just happening in the middle of the street yeah. and there's music and they're like, look at this art show. We're going to do this theater thing. Go get yourself pumped with adrenaline on this roller coaster and then have some sugar. Yeah. It's just like, it's so much. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so much it was incredible. Yeah. So I was, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel this. All in that to say, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Scott. I'm so excited for everybody to hear it. And I'm going to link your Instagram and all the ways people can find you in the show notes. But I just want to say again, thank you so much for this conversation and thank you for writing this book. Great talking. Bye. Hold on, buddy. What? I'm so sorry. You... <laughs> You're fine. Hold on. I got to unlock a door. What do you want to get? You got to go pee? Well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> You're what? You're hungry? Yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> Stay here, I'm gonna get your pumpkin muffin, okay? We don't have any chocolate chip bars. We don't. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> here, give me, can we give me your tablet? Can we give it to me? Go take it over there. Woo, living in the vulnerabilities today. <laughs> Um, uh, you let I usually get up. I usually get up early and make some kind of baked goods for everybody. And I didn't because I stayed up late with some friends. And I was going to say, why don't you have chocolate chip muffins? I say they ran out. <laughs> he he left them out and they got all hard. Oh. And I was. Yeah. Anyways, my wife just you oh. taking him. <laughs> OK, go with mom. <laughs> <laughs> go with mom. 
I'll miss you. <laughs> miss you. <laughs> Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.